Guitar Center. This is Input Output. I'm Jeff Sanoff. And I'm Eli Janney. And we've got Robbie Seahag rocking. Wow, that was so awesome. Okay, but first, a little bit of a confession. What? Forgive me, Father Rupert Neve, for I have sinned. <laughs> what did you buy? A uh... No, no, I didn't buy anything, darling wife, if she's listening. She's not. Um, basically, <laughs> uh, we're engineers. We worked with some of the best guitar players in the world, I'd say. But that does not mean that we can actually play ourselves. So now we have Robbie Seahag Mangano, who's an, an amazing guitar player. So without further ado, this is our review of Brainworks BX Rock Rack. Input output. Hi, welcome back to Input Output. I'm Eli Jenny. And I'm Jeff Sanoff. And today we are going to review an amp simulator plugin from BX called Rock Rack. That's part of the Plugin Alliance. This is probably the newest guitar amp simulator. It follows one of the philosophies that I enjoy so much, which is kind of like, this is what we think a guitar amp should sound like, and F all y'alls. Well, they have an interesting collection. Okay, yep. so they... Two Marshall JCM-800s, a clean and lead one. And then a jazz amp. I suppose they couldn't license Well, no, the... it's funny because in the bottom corner it says, BX Rock Rack is not connected with or approved or endorsed by the owners of Celestion, Marshall, Mesa Boogie, Orange, Diesel, Engel, Fender, Neumann, Royer, Schur names. They modeled a clean jazz amp and a crunchy jazz amp. And then in parentheses, it says American amp. I'm assuming that's not the Ampeg. Therefore, it must be a Fender. There's no Brit model, usually known as the Vox, but... Yeah, well, and that's the thing, is that they say in the manual, it's like, we didn't try to emulate everything on the planet. First of all, it sounds really good, okay? The the controls on it are very understandable. There's not a lot going on. It's all about tone shaping. So there's not endless pedals and racks that you can throw on there. There's just a delay. That's it. That's the only... And which, which seems there. like it's one of those effects that is in a lot of their presets when you were flipping through them. I know. It's like delay. I'm like, you know, I don't actually want the delay <laughs> as a default in a lot of presets. That's just me. Well, but. it's interesting because it's like, okay, this is our philosophy. This is what we think the presets should sound like. And flipping through those presets, you're kind of like, oh, well, this one's super crunchy. I mean, not even crunchy. It's like heavy metal. Right. With umlauts. Right. It's definitely like bordering on black metal <laughs> and oh this one's also heavy as hell um but actually once you start tweaking it a little bit you can quickly get it to sound the way you want which is very important you know i've used the amplitude series one two and three a lot i own guitar rig which i use a lot and I think part of the thing about those is that they're offering you everything under the sun a million pedals racks, every single amp you could possibly think of. Yeah, their versatility. Although I would say, one thing I've noticed in plug-in land is that graphics go a long way to making you feel comfortable. And yeah. so the fact that some of those plugins, 11, or the Native Instruments Guitar Rig, the interface is familiar in the sense that you see the controls, but 
when you change amp models, it doesn't change colors. It doesn't do anything to indicate that now you're in a Marshall or a Fender right, universe, right. or now you're in an Engel or Diesel universe, which are yeah. not amps that I have any familiarity with at all. <laughs> and it's cool that they included those. I think, like you said, it's a, uh, a sign that they're, this is what we think a good guitar amp sounds like. But right. some of those hyper-saturated distortion <laughs> settings I thought were great and probably would sound even better on bass in some cases. It seems yeah, like they give you true. the right kinds of controls to get a pretty broad swath yeah. of heavier sounds. I mean, and the clean I, I, was good. The you know? clean, I think, was really good. And one thing that this plugin does, I think, better than most of the others, is that it gives you a very detailed range between fully clean and then distorted. You can get right in between there, dialing just as much distortion as you want, just as much crunch as you want. Whereas I find with some of the other ones, it's like, it sounds great clean, and it sounds great full on, but it's hard to get that middle ground, especially when you're working within a track. I would say, even though I'm a pretty mediocre to poor <laughs> guitar player, I didn't- You're just as good as me on the drums. <laughs> oh, I'm not that bad, Jesus. Uh, I didn't feel the uh, latency seemed okay to me. Yeah. Well, let's just go over some of the things that this has. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different amps. Three of them have clean and lead settings. So I'm not sure if you would call that four or seven, but anyway, they call it seven. And then there's four cabinets, but each one has three microphones. So the cabinets are a Marshall 1960 TV, a Mesa Boogie 412, Orange 212, and a Diesel 412, which I'm assuming has nothing to do with the jeans. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> Although they are European, and we know how they like their designer jeans Yay. over there. <laughs> and then each of those is basically done with three different mics, a Neumann uh, CMV 563. So cool. A Royer 121, which I hope you've used. And a Shure SM57, which you haven't used. You should probably turn which off this I podcast right now. Used. <laughs> and they actually sound different. That's kind of cool when you switch the mics. Does it allow you to change placement? No, you cannot change placement. Like I said, it's very much like a modeling thing where they had the mic set up in this way. And that's what it's modeling. And you don't have a lot of choice about that. You do have a lot of choice about using the interface on the front, which has your normal like gain, volume, bass, mid, treble. And some of them have a contour switch and some of them have a bright switch, depending on which amp you're using. And then on the end of that, it has a little graphic, which is actually quite powerful. It kind of reminds me of like a API 560 where you touch a little bit and it gives a lot of juice. There's not a lot to it. All you see is just the amp controls. But then you hit this little FX rack, and it gives you your gate. It's nice that it has a tuner built into the interface. What I did like is that they have a gate on there, which mm -hmm. is understandable given that on those really saturated, super overdriven sounds, you probably want something like that. But it didn't seem like yeah. what I was shredding. <laughs> shredding something. Yeah, exactly. Your eardrums. <laughs> It didn't feel like the gate was responding in the way that you would want it to. And that might have as much to do with my performance as anything. Or well, performance I, is too strong a word. I think the, the gate's probably the least... Uh, yeah, if that's the worst thing you can say about it, though, that's, you know, <laughs> they're doing a good job. Yeah, definitely the simulating of the amps came first. But, you know, they have like a low-pass filter, high-pass filter, which they call tight and smooth. And then a shred knob, which was kind of cool. It is very subtly changes what frequencies are pushed back and pulled forward, which has their sort of black box thing on it. They don't really tell you what that does, but it does work, it's kind of cool. 
So it, it doesn't have a lot of controls, but what it does is it does very well, especially the clean stuff. That's sometimes it's really hard to do clean stuff well. Would and you say yes. that if you were looking to buy one all-in-one yeah. amp, this would be one that you would consider? That, that is tough. That's tough because of the price. It's 250 basically, 249 okay. And, you know, Guitar Rig, which is arguably its biggest competitor, is 199 Amplitude 3 is $200. It's also $200. So they're putting themselves 50 bucks higher. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're putting themselves 50 bucks higher than some of the other competitors. And they've been in the market for much less time yeah. than either Native Instruments or IK have. Yeah. I would say as far as guitar tones go, it's definitely equal if not superior. But I would say that the one thing I think that stood out is that the heavier stuff Seems like that's what they focused on, as we were joking yeah. about who the people involved yeah, yeah. with it are. That's and true. I think if if that's your bailiwick, that's probably exactly. this probably is a good product for yeah. you. Because I would say, yeah, if you're really into metal or anything that can be thrown loosely into that category, this is probably the one for you because it shreds. As far as versatility, it just doesn't have. They were going for realism and not for the kitchen sink, which is kind of like uh, guitar rig and amplitude three. Just, trying to outdo each other with how many amps and pedals they and can put into it. And signal permutations. And <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, if you get into it, it's it's fine. Well, well I'm a big fan of Avid's 11. I think that, that's true. That that's actually a highly underrated, really, really good it's highly sounding underrated. plugin. So maybe say, those two are pretty comparable. And I think 11 is quite a bit more than 250 bucks. Yeah. I think that's more like 400 bucks. Is it really? That's, it that's, why, that's why it's underrated. That's definitely on the high side, but... Who knows what their what their scheme? But they is do give that. you a bunch of different amps that emulate heavier sounding amps. Like yeah, the that's Soldano true. And that the is Maze true. Of, they give you two maze of buggies. Yeah. And I mean, Amplitude Amplitude Three. They're up to three now. They do some good heavy I stuff. I think they have a lot of models, and they have a whole thing where you can buy more models to fit into their thing. And I think Waze yeah. is sort of working on the same principle as well. I don't like that. I mean, if you're gonna make models, just put them in there. That's like the app version. It's like it's free, and then but you have to pay to you know get the sounds you actually want. Yeah. I, I don't and really, the brainworks like thing that. is all is it's not that way. It's, it's a it's a pretty honest product that yeah. way. It's just like here's a, here it is. It doesn't have a reverb in it either, which is very surprising given that it's clean sounds. One would think the jazz right. amp would have had some kind a spring of spring in it. Spring, yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Let's go over these pros and cons for the uh, BX Rock Rack. I feel like the strong points of this are the realism. It's very very good modeling, extremely good modeling. And it's great at the heavy, heavy tones and the sort of between clean and heavy tones, which are difficult. I think that's very difficult to do. The cons. I wish it would have had a spring reverb, and I think the gate is kind of kind of weak. But doesn't have the kitchen sink, for better or for worse. You know, I'm not a fan of just throwing stuff in because that sells product if it's not great, you know. But having versatility, if you're sitting at home and you really want to tweak something and there's no way to tweak it, that's a con. Got to be honest. I think the only thing that I would like them to add to that, just a spring reverb or something like that. Because otherwise, the idea is that they've made a plugin that's an amp modeler. It's not a yeah entire that's signal exactly chain right. thing. Yeah, you're so right. If you want those other functions, you just add a different plugin, right? Either before or after, and then you've got it. There you go. Or you play through pedals. So one other thing I should point out is that their authorization on this is that same sort of authorize your USB key and then take it anywhere. The and plugin it, alliance. Yeah, yes. plugin alliance, which which I kind of like. Although 
It's I don't like, kind of like it. I love it. You love it. But I mean, I have an iLock that's got so many plugins on it that I have to carry around. I have but no choice. But two USB keys isn't really the end of the world. What I <laughs> like about it is that it doesn't force you into having to use a company that makes customer service the lowest priority. <laughs> I've I, I never hate, had I a problem. It. The one time that my iLock got destroyed in your old studio, they fixed me right up. So... I, you know, I, I don't hate iLock, but it is, you got to pay, you know, I can understand why developers wouldn't want it. because I gotta, don't like the idea that I have to pay a ransom to my licenses when something gets broken. Yeah. I know, I just seriously, I think that that's what's lame about that. I understand the need for a hardware copyright protection scheme that keeps these companies in business. I'm absolutely in favor of that. The reason I like the plug-in alliance approach, which is the same as the Waves license center approach, which is that you can download it onto your own USB drive, is that uh -huh. one, you can buy a USB stick for like $3 and I don't have to spend $50 on a glorified USB stick that if it breaks, the only way to get the licenses off of it is to go send it off to the dudes at Pace on the All West right. Coast. If you're really in a hurry, you have to overnight it or you have to spend $30 a year to have- well, This is compatible with the Wave system. Yeah, they no, say. They're the so same you can use system. one. You can, you can just use it on yeah. one. Uh, but I don't understand what happens when you when you okay. Say your USB gets crushed. Well, they give you three downloads. What if so, you, what if they get three three of them get crushed? I don't know. <laughs> We're getting way off topic on this. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, in conclusion, you have anything else that we want to say about this wonderful wonderful product? No. Okay. It's good. Um, yeah, we like BX Rock Rack. It was very heavy. Yaw. Yeah. Holy wait, brain fart, Batman. Befo wait, before we go, as an additional pleasure, we were going to have Robbie play the rock and roll songbook to give you a sense of what Rock Rack sounds like in action. And um, to begin with, an old classic. <laughs> Next preset. This one, as soon as we turned it on, it reminded us of a song, and Robbie filled in the notes. Gotcha, gotcha, lead forward, baby. Hey, man, come on. I'm like, it's like I'm there. Anyway. Me and Ed are one, bro. So as we were mentioning how every one of their presets has delay on it, and my instinct is like, what the hell do they do that for? Yeah, yeah. This one actually kind of works. Check it out. I think Robbie composed this one when he was on tour with ZZ Top. It's called uh, Guitar Center Boogie. <laughs> Okay, and finally, my favorite settings, the clean ones. Take it away, Sea Hag.
All right, that's it for us at Input Output. Please send us some email. Please send us questions. We want to not only show you just how smart we are, but we also <laughs> want to bring some practical real-world applications to our show. So inputoutputpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you want to know more about. And our Twitter is iopodcast at Twitter at, you know, you know how to use that Twitter stuff. And you can stuff. check our Facebook page, Input Output Podcast. And also, please subscribe to our iTunes podcast feed. It's up there now, finally. Input Output is created in association with sonicscoop.com. And produced by Justin Kalitti. Trust him, he's a scientist. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. And thank you for listening. No final words from you? Zerbert. (laughs) Zerbert. Let's go drink.